I introduced you to Charles earlier in our worship service, but Charles uh, is the founder and president of Africa New Life Ministries, one of the organizations that we partner with. This is a multifaceted ministry uh, of both church planning, community development, education, and a hospital. And Charles will tell you more about that, but I do want to tell you that Charles was born to a Rwandan family living as refugees for nearly 35 years without a home country. And so Charles has a heart and an understanding firsthand of both the pain and the challenges of what it's like to grow up as a refugee and in a war-stricken country. And despite all these challenges, uh, in his early life, Charles is grateful to God and what God has been able to do through Africa New Life Uh, Charles studied theology at Reformed Theological College in Uganda, and then he furthered his education receiving a master's degree from Multnomah in Portland, Oregon. So just in case you don't think anything good happening in Portland, (laughs) some, some people think that around here. Multnomah is there, and Charles got his master's degree from there, and then he has a doctorate from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary. He last preached here, we figured out, uh, October of 2016. So it's been a while, but we're delighted to have you. And so let's stand for the reading of God's Word, and let's give Charles a hand as he comes up here. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, It's a beautiful time to be here, and let us turn to the Word of God in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I live with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Amen. Let's have our seats. Let's pray. God, we come before you, and we do ask you through your son, Jesus Christ, to speak to us and to bring peace in our hearts and our lives and the mission areas where we serve. Pray that you give me the utterance and the words to speak to your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I'm really happy to be here. My name is Charles Mugisha. I came with my wife, Florence, and we are raising four um, biological children and one adopted. And we are grateful to God for all these great things he has done in our lives. Um, Some of you know what happened in Rwanda, 1994. We had a, a terrible tragedy, uh, the genocide against the Tusi people of Rwanda. Nearly a million people were killed in a period of 90 days. And the fortunate thing for me and my family, my parents were able to leave the country very early and became refugees in Uganda for many years. So we were raised there. In 1994, 
the genocide came to an end. And I was able to go. Fortunately, this time, I was a believer in Jesus Christ. And I'd just become a believer. I mean, I'd become a believer at the age of 17. And 10 years later, the genocide came to an end. And God, in his sovereign ways, as a refugee in Uganda, he was preparing me for what would happen in Rwanda after the genocide to start a ministry there. I met my wife at the Bible College in Uganda, found out she's also from Rwanda, and her parents um, were waiting one day to go back. And finally, together, when we got married, we started that journey to go back to Rwanda, which ended up with a detour. We ended up coming to, to San Antonio and then to Portland and went to seminary. Still, God is planning, and out of that, we met amazing people in the U.S. that have impacted our lives and supported us to do the ministry in Rwanda. In fact, one of them is your own here, Marvin Eggleston. I was the chairman of our board for 17 years of doing ministry in Rwanda. Started out in a smaller way, taking care of orphans and genocide survivors and teaching the gospel to the children. But God had a much bigger plan, something that started out with nine children, 29 children later on. Now it's covering the nation of Rwanda with 11 communities that have 11,000 children in Rwanda. 11 churches have been planted. We are going to be planting two churches this coming year, a hospital, ministry to women. Over 400 people work for African New Life in Rwanda, in schools, in churches. And then Africa College of Theology, which was the most challenging one um, for the academic rigor it requires you to establish a college that's accredited. And today, I come to say thank you for supporting Africa College of Theology. 480 pastor students are in the college. The college is fully accredited, and God has done amazing things. And in a very special way, I want to thank you for standing with us because we had a period of one year and a half. It was a darker moment for the college when the government required to get a higher council, a higher education council accreditation of Rwanda, the most difficult time to go through. But even in that time, when we could not operate and needed the most amount of money to go through accreditation, you still had faith in us. Who has faith in a closed college due to accreditation? You did. And today I'm glad to, to announce the college is back to work, fully accredited. We are offering a bachelor's degree in theology and leadership, a postgraduate diploma in theology and leadership, and we are now working on a master's degree in theology. God has provided amazing leaders and is gathering uh, leaders from the continent of Africa to make this dream a reality. Our principal is from Nigeria. 
Another teacher is from Nigeria, another one is from Malawi, another one is from Kenya, and a number of Rwandan professors now. So thank you for being part of what God is doing in Rwanda. Today, I want to talk about the gift of peace. Now, you talk about peace. I actually understand what it means to have peace. Much of my early life was without peace. We moved from one area to another area, running away from one war into another war, from one trap into another trap, and lived a life of turmoil as a younger person. Now, that turmoil did not stop right away, but something happened to me at age 17. At age 17, I met a pastor and his wife, who had had the gospel from a group of Ugandans and missionaries that had come from Canada. And they became believers. And after they became believers, they started a ministry and churches in the area where I lived. And in this entire village, we had no Christian. Uh, the gospel was not preached. We had one part of the village had a mosque on the top, but the lower part of the village had no church, and we didn't have Jesus. So through this connection, I gave my life to Jesus at age 17, and I was the first person on my village and my entire community to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Born again, and a very, at a very early beginning, I started preaching the gospel on my village. But something happened in my life. In spite of all the turmoil and the pain and the hardships I'd gone through growing up, instantly I got a peace in my life I'd never got before. I was able to sleep and pray, and instantly I would see light to, um, to the end. I would see light into my future and how life can be, and how my life can change, and how this new uh, relationship with Jesus is completely changing my life and settling me from all the turmoil of life I had gone through. And I call that the gift of peace. It's the gift Jesus gave me. The Bible says, uh, in fact, I'll use here the New Living Translation, I'm leaving with you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And peace, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. When we come to Christ, he gives us a gift. He forgives our sins. But also he gives us a gift of the peace of mind and a peace in our hearts. And he gives us a gift the world cannot Give. The world doesn't have that gift. That's the difference between us and the world. The world does not have peace. We live in the same country. It could be America. It could be Rwanda. It could be 
the city of Bernie or Sanatorio. But as we live here, some people, in spite of what is happening around them and the turmoil, they can have peace. And another group of people, in the middle of the turmoil, they will still not have peace. Now, I really, really don't understand how people who don't have Jesus live their lives. I don't remember that life. It's a difficulty life. It's a hard life because Jesus gives us that peace. Now, it doesn't mean that we have an absence of turmoil or conflict. No. The peace I am talking about here is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the presence of Jesus in our lives. In fact, when you read verse, before you read verse 27, in verse 26, Jesus had just promised the presence of the Holy Spirit to the disciples, then gave them the gift of peace. Jesus present in our lives through the Holy Spirit is the peace we have because he gives us peace in our lives in spite of what is happening. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, when we receive this peace, we become peacemakers. We proclaim peace, but we proclaim the peace found in Jesus Christ, not in our circumstances. We proclaim peace that is best in the gift of the Holy Spirit we have received from God. And therefore, because we have that peace through Jesus Christ and the presence of God in our lives, we become the coming presence in the world. We come down the world. We settle our neighbors, we settle orphans, we settle widows, we reach out to, to those who are in pain and confusion, in divorce, in hardships, in different troubles of life. We actually become the counselors and the comforters of where we live as we carry out our mission. And for the last 20 Two, nearly 23 years, I've seen God do that in Rwanda, coming down one community upon another community and another community because the gospel of peace, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of peace is delivered in those communities. Now, today, I want to encourage you to receive the gift of peace in your life or to activate the gift of peace in your life by remembering three things. Number one, I want you to remember that God is in control. So much is happening around the world, but God is in charge, is <laughs> in control. Nothing is happening out of God's control. Actually, you get peace by hearing the voice of God and the understanding that God is in control. Someone more powerful than anyone is in control, is in charge. God has not left our lives, our missions, our churches, our schools, our neighborhoods to be without his control. He is in control. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, say to those with fearful hearts, 
Be strong. Do not be afraid. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with the divine the, uh, retribu retribution. He will come to save. This is the peace we have. We know that our God will come. And he will come to deliver us. And he will come to save us. It doesn't matter what we are going through. We have our peace because we know God is on our side. Psalms 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That gives us the confidence and the strength. It anchors us to come down and find peace and have peace. I remember during COVID, I was disturbed. I actually didn't know what to do. 10,000 kids who you don't know where they are, 400 staff, different churches and pastors, and you're leading a mission in a broken time like that. And I remember for days, I did not have peace. I didn't know what to do. And God spoke to me around that time in prayer. And God told me, I will provide, I will protect, and I will heal. And from that moment, peace came into my life. My fearful heart was calmed down. I knew that God would come through all that danger to save us. And God truly saved us. Number two, as we think about the gift of peace, I want you to remember that the Lord God is sovereign. He's sovereign. Amidst our pleasures and pain and all the anxieties of life, God is sovereign. God is sovereign in the sense that there is absolutely nothing that happens in the universe that is outside of God's influence and authority. Nothing. We can hear about the war in Israel, the war in Gaza, the war in Congo, the war in our neighborhoods, and above all, the war in our own hearts. Still, our God is sovereign and he rules all things. God is above all things and before all things. He's Alpha and He is Omega. He is the beginning and He is the end. And we live in the middle of Alpha and Omega, just in the middle. And here in the middle, where we are right now till the end, God is sovereign. And because God is sovereign, because God can do all things and accomplish all things, nothing is too difficult for him. He orchestrates and determines everything that's going to happen in your life, in Rwanda, in America, and throughout the world. Whatever he wants to do in the universe, he does. For nothing is impossible with him. And that God is on our side. He is with us. And he gives us the gift of peace. Jeremiah said, Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. 
by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. That is our God. That is the one who promises us peace. That is the one who tells us to calm down. That is the one who tells us that he's seeing through everything happening and through him we are covered. And number three, as we think about the gift of peace, I want us to remember that the Lord is the giver of each day. Do you remember that? That the Lord is the giver of each day and each minute of your day. And therefore, in the Lord, we, we come down. We wait on him and see what he's about to do in our lives. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 27 to 37, the Bible says, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can you? Add a single hour to your life. Who can even add a single minute on his life? You know, let me tell you, worrying is very problematic. And it does not help anybody. The peace of God is the gift we want to embrace. Because worrying will never change anything. Because you worry too much. You have no power to change anything by getting worried. In fact, you just damage more. Worrying damages your faith in God and your view of God. Because when you start asking questions like, why me, not another person? Where is God? And you start claiming that there is no God because of what you are going through, it actually begins to damage your faith. But also, more than damaging your faith, worrying damages us inside and out. And one of the things God is teaching me is to have a calm heart and wait on him and embrace the gift of faith. And as I finish, I want to talk briefly, how do you cultivate this gift of peace, because God gives it to us. We have Jesus. We are the presence of the Spirit of God with us every day. And we don't know, and we sometimes don't cultivate the gift. Sometimes when you don't cultivate the gift and you don't use the gift, you feel like you don't have the gift. So how do you cultivate the gift of peace? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 7, teaches us how to cultivate the gift. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say again, rejoice. He's telling believers to rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident in all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And listen to verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Listen, the peace of God that transcends 
understanding. In other words, that transcends what you know, what you are going through, what you can ever comprehend will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Exactly. That's what Jesus does. In the middle of turmoil and pain and the forces of injustice and war, he guards our hearts and our minds. I want my heart and my mind to be guarded by the peace of God. So how do you activate it? Number one, you rejoice. You sing psalms and read psalms and rejoice and cultivate that gift through rejoicing in the Lord. You rejoice in the Lord, not in what is happening in your life, not just in your birthday, because a birthday is a day that comes and goes, and you can't just depend on happenings in your life to give you joy. You want a joy that comes to Jesus from Jesus and it anchors you every day of your day. So how do you cultivate the gift? You cultivate the gift by living a joyful life in the Lord. Number two, how do you cultivate the gift? You cultivate the gift by being a calming presence. He says, let, the, let your gentleness be evident to all. You become a calming presence. When everyone is struggling in their faith and they, they are saying everything is difficult, you come in and become a coming presence by pointing them to the Lord and to Jesus and what God can do. And you remind them that our God can do anything. Nothing is too difficult for him. Therefore, you become a PC maker. And finally, you pray. Pray over everything. Pray. Pray for anything over everything. Even for things that look very complicated, pray. Because Jeremiah has said, nothing is too difficult for our God. And therefore, the peace of God that's beyond human understanding will become our share. We receive then the gift of peace and therefore we become a coming presence in this world that needs the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we come before you. We do pray that you give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of peace the gift of Jesus. We ask you to be the coming force in our lives in spite of what we are going through. We pray as missionaries and a church on a mission, the Lord will be used by you to be a coming presence in this world that's full of turmoil and pain and hopelessness. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.